Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Well, welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and again, we're going to be talking about the Kingdom of God. And of course, uh, the Kingdom of God... Uh, in some ways is in competition, at least in the minds of people, with the kingdoms of the world. And this can go way back. I, I've been working on trying to write down and do a thorough study of exactly what has been going on from the Bible from the beginning to the end. Because there is a common thread and uh, definitive uh, concepts of creation... And uh, not so much, you know, whether the God created the earth in seven days, but the fact that there is a designer that has set the world into motion, the life that we see on this planet and don't see almost anywhere else. Well, I mean, we haven't looked everywhere, but they've been looking for years and years and they can't seem to find any life anywhere. Uh, although it was interesting that at the beginning of the uh COVID pandemic, whatever that is, <laughs> that uh, they just suddenly announced, the government announced that UFOs are real. <laughs> and it was kind of lost in the hoopla of everything. <laughs> so, uh, but that doesn't mean that there are extraterrestrials. Uh, uh, maybe that there's extra people around that have technology that we don't know about. Or maybe we do know about that also came out with... Uh, announcements that we have uh, almost uh, anti-gravity, not quite anti-gravity ships, uh, at least that announcement and and showing certain patents that we have of uh, vehicles that are uh, that affect the gravity on materials so that they become very light and easily maneuvered, etc., moving thousands of miles an hour, or at least a thousand miles an hour. And so anyway, all this stuff is going on in the news and it gets missed because of the fact that everybody's paying attention to COVID. And and uh, I just watched a video today by an epidemiologist and scientist who has tested over 1,500 uh, samples from COVID-positive patients using an electron microscope to try to isolate the virus. And he could not even find a COVID virus anywhere. They found type A and mostly type A and then some type B. But they did not find any COVID. They have been trying to get samples of the isolated virus so that they can do studies. These are major universities. Right now, there was a lawsuit with six major universities suing because no isolated uh, virus coronavirus, COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, uh, is made available to the scientists to examine. Now, supposedly they had it, but it's not being made available to the scientists. Now, uh, his conclusion is that this is a hoax, that all these people are dying of the regular flu because they're really not dying of the flu. They're dying of pre-existing morbidities. We know they've been counting them strangely, uh, different than they have ever counted uh, deaths before. 
uh, yeah, people get sick, people die. Uh, I think a lot of people got sick and died because of uh, the panic. But the reality is, is that if you go even like San Francisco, more people are dying from drugs. Far more people are dying from drugs than from COVID. Despite the fact that uh, <laughs> the drug usage has gone up because of the lockdowns. And we expect millions upon millions of people will die from food shortages and economic shutdowns that have all come about, not because of COVID, but because of this panic that was uniformly spread throughout the world as, as a coordinated effort. And so it makes it like, what is going on here? And of course, we have an article up at Preparing You called The Science. Just go there, search engine up in the right-hand corner at preparingyou.com, and you can look up science. And I've added some more videos uh, of doctors. As I, I try to limit the sources to absolutely uh, the highest credentialed scientists in the world. And uh, there's there's so many I can pick from that you will never see in the news. You'll never hear about them in the news. They won't get on CNN or any of these uh, news networks. But they're saying there's something seriously wrong with the the scenario that we are being fed through the media. And the media and high tech is trying to shut that down. I'm just waiting for the fact that I'll probably end up in uh, in. Um, you know, Facebook jail. <laughs> I try to be clever about it and get the message out in a roundabout sort of way. And of course, if you are on the network, which is, you can go to preparing you, join the network, or go to hisholychurch.org and there are links there to join the network. And you join the network and then you become a part of the living network as you build trust amongst the people. And uh, you would have had this information a long time ago because we were seeing it unfold from the very beginning that there was something definitely wrong with the numbers. It wasn't adding up. The science wasn't adding up. You would, you, I would read the scientific reports uh, that were being done on studies of people with COVID, like at the Diamond Princess Cruise. And what you were hearing in the news was contrary to what the reports were actually saying. And they're getting away with it because people do not look in depth at what is going on around them. And now people are rushing down to get an actual experimental shot that doesn't legally qualify as a true vaccine. And we explain that on the page of the science. And we give you the links to the laws. You can read them yourself. And... uh they couldn't even, you know, I have friends in government to say that they cannot even give you the shot legally if there is not a state of an emergency. And so the states are all keeping up the state of emergency, keeping you all panicked, running people, small businesses out of business. Big businesses are making billions of dollars and people are rushing down to get the vaccine under the theory that things will go back to normal, I do not think things are going to go back to normal. And if you've been following us for the last 10, 15 years, you really don't want to go back to normal because normal is the road that brought you to where you are at today. And this is the way it was in Judea 
at the time of Christ. Not quite as uh, technologically uh, uh, maneuvering uh, of the people, but the reality was there were a number of different philosophies or theologies or political ideologies all the same that were floating around at the time of Jesus Christ. There were parties, political parties, like the Pharisees. That's what they were. They were really a political party. Uh, supposedly Judea was a theocracy, but all governments are theocracies. It's just that, you know, I mean, Rome, you could say, was the theocracy because the the emperor of Rome said he was a god. <laughs> he was actually the appointer of gods. But it all depends on how you interpret these words like gods and apotheos of, of Rome, which is what one of the offices held by Augustus Caesar when he took power after the end of a civil war. But we have so many shallow, preconceived notions about history, about what a government is, what a religion is, that uh, we... It is almost impossible to talk to you and explain to you what's really going on in the world today and what is actually happening out there in the places where you live. We know that uh, that people are are uh, running down and getting this shot, and we know their side effects. We don't know the long-term side effects because they never did any animal studies. They certainly haven't done any long-term animal studies. All the animal studies before with the mRNA vaccine ended in death of the subjects or infertility or both. Of course, there's nothing more infertile than a corpse. But uh, what is actually going on? Then we hear in the background, we got... uh, uh, Klaus Schwab and, you know, Prince Charles and, and heads of government talking about the Great Reset and this opportunity for a crisis that scientists studying 1500 samples cannot find evidence of. Top scientists, top universities are beginning to wonder, but we, we spent four years hating the political uh, party that was in power at that particular time. And uh, the hate is driving us even further into panic and pandemonium and confusion and chaos. And I don't think it's over when we supposedly think COVID is over. And I suspect, and we have been told this by people like Gates and Fauci, that we are going to have a pandemic that is ten times worse than COVID. They've actually, I've heard them actually state that figure, ten times worse. Is that new pandemic the result of the vaccine? Well, you're going to see that debate crushed and mutilated in the media. and uh, But it will be too late. We got 50 million people already vaccinated in America, millions of people vaccinated worldwide, and there is absolutely no evidence that anybody can present that once you're vaccinated with this new synthetic mRNA, 
that your body will begin to replicate in your body. It will begin to reproduce what they injected in you, at least the the uh, genetic string, the mRNA genetic string uh, with whatever extra proteins that they have included in that. And you will begin to replicate those uh, in your body. Can you contaminate others? According to the former head of Pfizer, vice president and head scientific officer of Pfizer, that, uh, yeah, you can actually spread it through at least bodily fluids to other people. And it it may cause infertility. They're saying nobody who is pregnant or wants to become pregnant or is nursing a child or wants to father a child should take the vaccine. And they have petitioned way back last year that nobody take that. This is head scientist. You're going to follow the science? There's a head scientist of Pfizer at, at one time. He's not anymore. Uh, he's saying... You should not be taking those shots if you meet any of those categories. Well, nobody's telling you. The media is not telling you. You need another source of information. You need the network. A network of people who care about you as much as you care about yourself. As they care about themselves. And that's what Christ was starting 2,000 years ago. It's actually what Moses was starting in Egypt to prepare the people for freedom. That's what Moses was doing there while the plagues went on. He was preparing the people for freedom. Even after he got them out of the bondage of Egypt and across the the Red Sea, they still needed more preparation because almost right away at the at the foot of Mount Sinai, the people were going back the other way. They were going back to the bondage. The, they were going. They wanted to go back to normal. That's what they were trying to do when they built the golden calf. They wanted to go back to normal. You don't want to go back to normal. You want to go to righteousness. And this is, you know, so the people who, you know, want to take the vaccine to go back to normal... You're not going to go back to normal. You're probably going to go back to the belly of the earth. You're going to return to dust. Um, there'll be cremating bodies <laughs> in the next pandemic because it will be so contagious and we don't know where it came from and, and uh, you're all dying of uh, horrible flu symptoms and cytokine, cytokine re- reactions. And, uh, and and we have to you know we have to double mask and triple mask and and stay super locked down until you're all dead. And so anyway, is that the goal? You tell me. If you if you're going to follow the science, you're going to really take some strange turns because the media is not following the science, big tech is not following the science, but they seem to be following something. And that something seems to be the spirit of destruction. 
Because they don't like all these people. They want to be in control of a small number of controllable people and they want the whole world to go back to some other strange state. They're all worried about global warming. Meanwhile, it's freezing in Tennessee. (laughs) It was freezing outside this morning. Actually, I was running through the field just seconds before I went on the air. Uh, And When I first connected to the station, I went back out again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because we're in the middle of lambing and we care about those lost sheep and those lambs but I'm back here on the radio and other people are running around <laughs> handling that because we care about you being the lost sheep and you are so lost so confused you don't if you don't believe you're confused that shows you the 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 bondage of your confusion because that's what that's what they do. Is they bring you into the bondage of the mind before they bring you into the bondage of the world. And of course, we know that the bondage of Egypt, 20% of your labor belonged to the government. And that was the bondage of Egypt. And God said after he brought you out of that, never to return that way again. Well, how much of your labor belongs to government today? You're not even allowed to labor if you're in a small entrepreneurial business. You're probably, you know, if, you know. I used to think, well, restaurant business would be a good business because, you know, food preparation, everybody's going to need to eat. Well, evidently, I was wrong about that. Fortunately, I wasn't in the restaurant business. But uh, I'm in a business that's not very lucrative, which is the truth business. Because people don't want to hear the truth. They can't handle the truth. The truth is you don't want to go back to normal. The truth is you want to go back to righteousness. And you haven't been going to the righteous way of Christ for a hundred years. So that statement by itself is an indictment of all religions. Just about all religions. I can't say all religions. I haven't checked them all out. But most of them. I actually uh, talked uh, last week that I visited... uh, a uh, church uh, that the pastor was sick and we had conversations and talks with the people in that church and because uh, I well at least uh, my son and I were kind of asked to go uh, because the regular pastor wasn't going to be there and you know I'm always shocked but I was again shocked at how ignorant people are of some of the basics of the gospel and and these pastors, these, you know, sing the song and uh, and praise God and say you love Jesus are actually doing a terrible, terrible disservice to the people because they're not educating the people. They're not telling them the truth. They're not certainly not telling them the whole truth. Yeah, Jesus came that you might be saved. Because you say, Lord, Lord, that doesn't make you saved. You can even do great works claiming to be doing them in his name. He said that many would do that. But he was going to tell them, get ye from me, ye workers of iniquity. How do you know that you're not one of those workers of iniquity? How do you know if you're not one of those people that say they believe in Jesus, but are actually under the strong delusion that they are following Jesus, 
when they're actually following an image of Jesus created by errant theologists who do error regularly. How do you know if you have not been deceived about the gospel of the kingdom and exactly what Christ was saying? Well, you keep listening to our broadcast and we'll show you and we'll bring in the facts. You go look at the articles. You look at the footnotes. That's what we did with the coronavirus. We actually read the science. We read the actual studies. We read what the scientists were actually saying, not what the media was saying to you that the scientists were saying, but what the scientists were actually saying. And they're saying that there's something wrong with what the media is telling you. There's something dangerous about where the media is leading you. And your politicians, which are in power because the media loved those politicians and were told to love and promote those politicians so that people like Biden didn't even have to campaign and supposedly got elected. Now, I'm not advocating democracy. I'm not advocating that, oh, if we just get the voting machines things straightened out, we could go back to normal. No, you don't want to go back to normal. You were already in the bondage of Egypt. You want to repent, which means think differently and go another way. And you don't even know what way that is because these pastors, these brutish pastors have butchered the gospel of the kingdom by leaving out the essentials of the gospel of the kingdom, the commands of Christ, the directives of Christ, so that they can sit in their pulpits and pretend to be righteous. They are not. They are unrighteous. And I don't want to take you back to the normal of unrighteousness. I want to show you the way that Christ was actually taking you because if you don't go that way, it appears that you're going to be in a world of hurt in the days to come. Now, I don't really care whether you have pain or not. I know pain is a part of life, but I care about the souls of your your heart and your mind that need to be following the righteous ways of Christ. I care about you. I care about your children. I care about your grandchildren. And many of you will never have grandchildren because of the pandemic of unrighteousness that is spreading through your society and has been spreading through your society for a century now. Yes, for a century you have been going the wrong way. Now, that doesn't mean there hasn't been heroic people and just people and struggling people. It is a struggle to find the truth. But you cannot find the truth unless you admit where you have accepted the lie. And the lie is pervasive. It. This is why Christ was so emphatic about the importance of humility and sacrifice and charity. Charity is sacrifice and love for one another. But anyway, we're going to study Malachi because Malachi was telling you he was the last of the prophets we see in the Bible when we return to Keys to the Kingdom. Well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. And so we're looking at Malachi, and we did chapters 1 and chapter 2, and there are certain things that I told you 
or I read to you, let's put it that way. I read to you in uh, chapters 1 and 2, but I did not explain them. And there was probably a reason why I didn't explain them. And it was because you need to be listening not just to me, but to the Holy Spirit. I'm trying to direct you to the Holy Spirit. I'm not trying to build a big constituency <laughs> and sell my books. The reality is is that uh, all our books are, you know, almost all of our books are available free online. And the one that's not available free online, you can't buy it anyway. <laughs> that's just the way it is. So what you need to begin to understand is that this message... And that's what Malachi was. He was a messenger of Yahweh. Even even the word Yahweh, Yadavahe, is is the way it's spelled in the Hebrew letters. There's a message in those letters. There's two He's, which are usually written like capital H's. Well, there's a letter that most people don't know about that uh, that Hebrews uh, knew in if you read in depth study of their history and their language is that there there's a letter that appears looks like our modern capital H which is actually the double tav and the arrangement of the letters yad hey va hey is actually a yad a hey which is a double tav a vav which is a connecting letter to another H or hey, double tov. And this is, there's a message in that. An understandable underlying message in the arrangement of those letters. But you can't understand what they're saying in those letters unless you understand in the spirit because that's what those letters are pointing to. It's like a road signs. You know, five miles ahead to the rest stop. <laughs> Two miles ahead to the rest stop. And even when you finally get to the rest stop, there's a sign that says rest stop. Well, you're not actually at the rest stop. You're just at the sign. You have to actually go into the rest, pull into the rest stop and take your rest. And the reality is that that's, that's what intellectual pursuit of the truth is all the time. It's following the signs, but it is not the arrival. The arrival has to do with turning in, going in, going inside where you're trying to get to so that you become a part of that destination. And that then you are literally not at the sign that says this is the rest stop, but you're actually at the rest stop resting. <laughs> so anyway... So that little little story there is trying to express the idea that so many people are studying religion and a lot of people are going back to like, you know, uh, they, they consider themselves um, Messianic Christians because they're going back and trying to follow the Hebrew law of the Pharisees. And I say the Hebrew law of the Pharisees because they read the Torah and they came to a conclusion that the Torah meant this, 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 and this. And that when they came to power in Judea, they tried to impose those ideologies 
that they had derived from their interpretation of the Torah onto the people. Well, they had to be careful how they did this because otherwise there had been another civil war. So what they did is they got people to sign up for this other ideology, which is exactly what Aaron was doing at the foot of Mount Sinai. Now, he was put up to it. He was pressured into doing it. But everybody had to come and sign up to this new system with this central golden calf, which if you go read an article on the golden calf, you'll understand that the golden calf was actually a sort of central bank. And that uh, that's what it was. It was a depository of your gold. Your gold was your independent wealth. The wealth was your possession. You owned the gold that was in your hands. But now you're going to put it into a common purse, a common statue, a common bank. And that your wealth was now going to be in there. And you were not going to have that wealth in your pocket, in your purse anymore. And that was going to bind you together and it was going to make everybody feel safe. Because now you won't flee in the ca- in case the enemy attacks because your gold is all in the in the statue. So you have to defend the statue <laughs> to defend the people. So that what that was meant to bind the people together by binding their wealth together. This is the way Cain started his city state. This is the way Nimrod operated. This is the way the Pharaoh operated. It's the way the the Spartans operated. You know, you couldn't own gold in Sparta. You you couldn't own silver in Sparta. Gold and silver in the hands of the people was an enemy of the state. So they had lead money. Well, it was fine using it in Sparta, but you couldn't spend it anywhere else. So all this, if you don't understand how what was going on there, you would think that the golden calf, the story of the golden calf was like Cecil B. DeMille and and uh, Charlton Heston, that there were dancing girls running around <laughs> with, uh, you know, uh, silk outfits under a golden calf that everybody was worshipping. No, just a central bank, you know, kind of like the Federal Reserve and Fort Knox with all your gold supposedly in there, but somebody's already spent it, so it's not there anymore. At least it doesn't belong to you. As a matter of fact, you don't even belong to you. And your children don't belong to you. You know, America, greatest nation in the world. It's the most enslaved nation in the world. The United States is. America was great, but America used to take care of all of its social welfare through faith, hope, and charity. Then it got this great idea, which is contrary to what was being taught back in the 1800s by Christians and by uh, politicians even, some politicians. I mean, this has always been trying to creep in. But, it, you know, somebody was telling me with the, the new changes in the public school system and everything that they're going to rot after, if they ever let you go back to the public school, that they're dumbing down your children. And I, I wrote, it got absolutely, it ceased all comments on this uh, string in, on Facebook. But they were, you know, yeah, they're just dumbing down our kids. They're just, they, something should be done and all this kind of stuff. And I says, before they started dumbing down your children, they dumbed down your parents' children and your grandparents' children. <laughs> Which, of course, is them. And that's the, that's, 
that's the problem we're trying to show you the truth now is there's no way to show you the truth without challenging almost every delusion in your mind because they have woven this delusion into your thinking from so many different directions. You don't know history. You don't know how governments operate. You don't know what it says in the Bible. Like the Pharisees. They thought they knew. They had their scholars. But there were other religious groups at the time that had a completely different interpretation of the Torah than that of the Pharisees and certainly that of the Sadducees and also the Zealots, all of whom were political parties vying for power in the government. And then along comes Jesus Christ, Jesus who was the Christ, who was the Messiah, who was the Messiah, the anointed, the highest son of David, the rightful king. A lot of the people wanted to follow him, wanted to do it the way he said. Some wanted to follow him because of his charismatic nature of his ministry. And when it actually came down to, you know, this is the way you got to do it, they'll go like, you get that deer in the headlight look. You mean... Give up our welfare and our benefits by men who exercise authority one over the other? We don't want to do that. We love our benefits. We love all these stimulus checks and social security checks and, and disability checks and free public school, you know. I can't take care of my kids. I gotta get them back in school. I gotta go back to normal. Well, that's what the Israelites were doing. They wanted to go back to normal. And so they built the golden calf to go back to normal. Because the Spirit of God was not in them. The same as they did in First Samuel chapter 8. They wanted to have a ruler who could exercise authority and fight their battles for them. Because they were weary of freedom. They wanted to go back to what wasn't normal at that time, but it was normal everywhere else in the world. No, you don't want to go back to normal. You want to go to righteousness, but you got to find out what righteousness really looks like. So in, in Malachi, uh, I said I read what the problem was. This was a message to the priests in Malachi. That's what they were delivering is a message to the priests. What were they talking about? What was the, what were the, what were the priests? Well, we explained that the priests were the ones who ran the social welfare of Judea, of Israel at that time, of Jerusalem, of all the, all the nation of Israel, that you sacrificed to them, you gave to these living stone altars of men gathered in tens and hundreds and thousands, and they took care of the social welfare of the people, for the people, and by the people. This is how they operated. But if you look in Malachi, there's a particular word there. The definition of the word, here we are, verse 13, of course. <laughs> I should have realized. He said, also, behold, what a we- weariness is it, and you have snuffed at it, 
saith the Lord of hosts. And ye brought that which was torn, and the lame and the sick. Thus ye brought an offering, should I accept this of your hand, saith the Lord. What does he mean, torn? <laughs> well, it's a particular, gazal uh, is the word, uh, gimel, um, let's see, is it uh, zen and uh, lamad, uh, which is primitive root of of the word. And uh, it's, uh, I should I should put it on the page so you can actually see the letters and understand what these letters actually mean. And I will do that. I have been adding to this all week since the last uh, show that we've done, which uh, will, if you get it, get on the network, there'll there'll be people giving you that show. But uh, the uh, but in this show, we're going to explain that that word "torn" means spoil, take away, rob, pluck, uh, consume. Force, the tear away, seize, plunder, tear off, pull off, rob, take away. What they're talking about, and there's other explanations that other people give of this very basic idea, is that they had gone to forced offerings. They were forcing the offerings of the people because they had them do similar that they had done at Mount Sinai, where the people had to break off and put the funds into their central treasury to take care of the needy of their society. This is what Herod the Great was doing. He was setting up a social welfare system where you signed up. Once you signed up, you had a contract with them where you had to pay in a portion of your labor, whatever you produced in a given year, whether it was fish or or uh, wheat or grains or oils or whatever you produced, a share of that had to go to the government. Even the, the Cummins branches in your windowsill would have to a portion of them would have to be broke off and given to the Pharisees who were running the government. That was wrong. That was against the ways of God. That was what Peter calls a covetous practice. You desire the benefits of your government by taking away, by force from your neighbors. It's legal, but abortion's legal. Lots of things are legal, but it's legal because you've made agreements with unbelievers, people who do not believe in faith, hope, and charity. They believe in force and fear and violence and taking away from those that have so that those who don't have can have what they want. And that's why you're in this pandemic today. That is why you you can go try to elect whoever you want. It will not change. It will not get you back to righteousness. You have to think differently. You have to repent and seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Not your self-righteousness or the 
or the fake righteousness of your ministers and your churches that tell you that all you have to do is believe. No. Behold, I will corrupt your seed and spread dung upon your face. This is Malachi 2, verse 3. Even the dung of your solemn feasts, and one shall take you away with it, and ye shall know that I have sent this commandment unto you, that my covenant might be with Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. They were going the wrong way. You've been going the wrong way. The law of truth was in his mouth, and iniquity was not found in his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity, and did turn many away from iniquity. That's where you've gone. You've gone towards iniquity. And and that word iniquity... You know, it's translated iniquity about 220 times, which in itself should tell you that iniquity (laughs) is a major uh, concern in the Bible. Because that word alone, and it's not the only word for iniquity, shows up 220 times as iniquity. It's also punishment because your iniquity, built into your iniquity, is... The punishment. The punishment will come if you are iniquitous. If covetous practices will make you merchandise. Has done that already. It has cursed your children. Has done that already. That's what Peter says in the New Testament. All you New Testament Christians who, who believe that you're following Christ, have you been engaging in any type of covetous practice? Have you ever desired anything for your personal benefit that is provided by taking away from your neighbor, not by free choice, but by force, maybe legal force, you know, they have to pay in, but see, that's it. That's what makes it a practice. It's a covetous practice. You desire benefits at the expense of your neighbor. And you have a habit of receiving them by the rule of force, force contributions. Israel did not have force contributions. First force contribution was under Saul. He forced a sacrifice. And Samuel said, you've done this foolish thing. Your kingdom will not stand. Your government will not stand. Your kingdom will not stand. In the United States of America, in Australia, in Canada, in South Africa, in all the South American countries, your governments will not stand as long as you think it's okay to force the sacrifices of the people for your personal benefit. You are on the road to destruction as soon as you accept that idea. That idea was rejected back in the 1800s. It was brought up more than once. We have a, we'll give you a, a great example of it. Davy Crockett. Everybody knows Davy Crockett because he had a coonskin cap, right? You know? And he killed him a bar. No, that was Daniel Boone who killed him a bar when he was only three. And that was another song. <laughs> oh, Davy Crockett. I can't remember the Davy Crockett song. But anyway, you don't know Davy Crockett. You don't know what he was really standing for. 
So we put that speech up. Of course, you don't know what Lady Godiva really stood for either. Because as soon as somebody speaks the truth, somebody else has to come along and defame his character. Destroy his character. Make him something that he was not. Distract you from seeing the real truth of what he's saying. Which is why they're tearing down all these statues. Although most people don't even know why the statues were up. They didn't know the true character of the people that they're tearing down the statue of. We have we have articles on that and audios on that. You can go look at that. But they've even done it with Star Wars. You have the, this classic battle of good and evil. Father and son. And somebody comes along, iniquitous person comes along and destroys. And all your heroes become, you know, clumsy, incompetent smugglers, unfaithful to their wives, <laughs> their community, and just total losers. They destroy your heroes. They don't want heroes. They don't want, you know, fictitious or otherwise. Because they are they are workers of iniquity, and they they wallow in that iniquity. So this is what this is what Malachi is telling them that he had Levites who were not iniquitous, who walked in his ways of righteousness, of charity. You you want to get back to righteousness, you have to go back that way. And of course, Christ knew that and he was explaining that to the people all the time you hear about in the Old Testament free will offerings and the perfect law of liberty that we hear about in the New Testament were based on offerings of charity to take care of all the social welfare. This was the conflict between Christians and Rome. Rome had gone the way of forced contributions to take care of the free bread and welfare of their society. They were torn from the people legally, but still taken by force. You don't pay in, you're in a lot of trouble. Such systems do not bear fruit. They end up robbing the widows and orphans of your society. And you need to repent of those systems and go the other way. So now we're at Malachi 3. I kind of reviewed Malachi 1 and 2 because that was just covered in reading there in, in Malachi 2. But in Malachi 3 we see, Behold, I will send my messenger and he shall prepare the way before me and the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Even the messengers of the covenant whom ye delight in, behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. That's just the first verse of chapter 3. So he's telling you that that the Lord is not forgotten. He may be forgotten to you. His temple is real. His temple is a real living temple. It's not built out of stone. And and he will come back to those who will receive him, not those who are following the iniquitous ways, the covetous practices of the world. The ones who want to get back to normal when normal is about coveting your neighbor's goods and becoming accustomed to living at the expense of others and depending for the your livelihood on the property of others and your public education, the care for your parents and all this stuff, 
upon men who exercise authority one over the other. If that's the way you want to go, which is the normal way we were before all this happened, then you go ahead and go that way, but you're not going to find the temple of the Lord. You're not going to find the salvation of the Lord. You're not going to find the righteousness of the Lord if you go that way. So when we come back, we'll see if we can't get through chapter 3 of Malachi and find out what that means to us today. So be right back to Keys of the Kingdom. Don't go away. Welcome back to Keys to the Kingdom. So in the first part of the show, we talked about the double tav. yad Hey vah Hey, the H letter is the double tav. And tav, of course, is the letter of faith. And a double tav means faith in spirit and in truth. And what we have today is a lot of people who say they believe, but in truth they do contrary to the decrees of Christ, the contrary to the decrees of Jesus. And the apostles said that, you know, and people said about the apostles, these are the ones who say there is another king, one Jesus. And they do contrary to the decrees of Caesar. Now, they didn't disobey the decrees of Caesar. They didn't have to obey. So then, therefore, doing contrary was not disobedience. They were obedient to another king, one Jesus. They were doing what Jesus said. That's the normal you want to get back to, is doing what Jesus said. Getting back to what Caesar says or what your brutish pastors say is okay is not okay with Christ. It is the way of the Nicolaitans and God hates the deeds of the Nicolaitans. If you don't know what the deeds of the Nicolaitans are, go to Preparing You and look up Nicolaitan and see what they are. Because that's what most Christians do today. They do the deeds of the Nicolaitans and they are conquered by it. We we think out if only we could get rid of the flu or take the vaccination or whatever, that we could go back to normal. Well, back to normal is the deeds of the Nicolaitans. That's not where you want to go. So you want to have double top, double faith, faith and spirit and truth. Then you will be prepared... For the temple of God. You will become the temple of God. But also as lively stones. You will make the whole temple of God. Each of you being a lively stone in that temple. With the spirit of God dwelling in you. If you're still desiring to covet your neighbor's goods. At at their expense. That you may have benefits. Through men who exercise authority. You're not prepared or suitable for the temple of God. You will be rejected. You, cause you, and, and unless you do that now, you may not have woven the wedding garments necessary to be acceptable at the wedding feast. Remember when Christ says there were some without the wedding garments and he said to bind them up and cast them out? The foolish virgins who had no oil... And they were not let in. You don't want to be in that group. <laughs> so it's time to repent, think differently, and go this other way. So he says, like I said in verse 1, Behold, I will send my messenger. And he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even 
the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in, behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. Well, certainly John the Baptist filled those roles in the preparation for the coming of Christ. Uh, Elijah kind of fulfilled that role. Because this is, we, we get away from the kingdom, we come back to the kingdom. We get away from the kingdom, we come back to the kingdom. The problem is everybody doesn't come back to the kingdom. Many people perish. You have to change not only your thinking, but the way in which you relate to everybody else around you and the world itself. Verse 2, but who may abide the day of his coming? Well, obviously, the Pharisees, who all thought themselves as extremely religious, devout followers of the Torah, were unable to abide in that day. Some repented. Some few Pharisees did. But the majority went the wrong way. And destruction came upon them and destroyed them. Because they said they had no king but Caesar, God was not there for them. Now, just saying, Lord, Lord, is not enough. Jesus makes that clear. You have to become a doer of the word. Not that your works are going to save you, but if you're not a doer of the word, you, where's your faith? Your faith is dead. You're not going to get into the kingdom with dead faith. You have to have lively faith, and lively faith produces actions. That's the nature of faith. It's probity. It compels your actions and those actions, if it's faith in God, have to be righteous actions, not self-righteous actions. Most of religion today is wound up in self-righteousness. And if you start speaking the truth, you'll probably be kicked out of most churches. Verse 3, And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi, the priests, and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer. Most of your pastors today are not preaching that we should be the entire social welfare of Christians through faith, hope, and charity. They're saying, no, we just have to get into your heads, make you say certain magic words and phrases, but you can still covet your neighbor's goods to the agency of men who exercise authority one over the other. Even though Jesus, out of his own mouth, said it is not to be that way with you. Your modern brutish pastor says it is okay to be that way. And I am telling you, it is not. Christ told you it was not, and I show you where Christ said it was not. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, he said it's not okay to be like the governments of the Gentiles who exercise authority one over the other, providing those benefits you all love, you know, those stimulus checks. If you think that's good, if you think that's okay, if you are comfortable with that, you will not be comfortable with the Lord of hosts. You will not have his armor on your body. It will be like hot coals. You will not be able to abide in his way. And so you need to repent and go the other way. You need to go that other way rapidly. (laughs) And immediately. And not turn back. I'm getting signals here from other people. I hope everybody's worked everything out because I... 
like I said, I was running around out in the field just before this. <laughs> so I had to come in. But this is a very important message. It's not anything new. It's the old message that that John the Baptist brought, that, that Christ, the apostles were all saying, is that you have to love one another. And it is not loving one another to send men to your neighbor's house to force them to contribute so that you can have free education for your kids because you don't want them hanging around anymore. <laughs> you want to get them back in school. You want to get them back to normal. Do you know what they're teaching them in the school? Well, we've had articles for years now. And it's been well known for decades that people have been altering what you are learning in school. They altered it for you. Unless you're over a 100 years old, the school books you had have been altered so that you could be comfortably merged with a communist nation. That's that's what they wanted to destroy your leaders from the beginning. You think it started with Howard Zinn? Oh, it started a long time ago. They just left stuff out. Now, when I say leaders, I'm not talking about rulers. I'm talking about those. You don't even know who your leaders were in the old days. <laughs> you, you know who ended up aspiring to offices in the United States federal government. But most people wouldn't have anything to do with the United States federal government. When it first started... Most Americans did not want the Constitution. It was never put to a vote of the people. It would have been voted down. Now, that was quite a revelation when I discovered that. And it's, it's not debated in history. Americans opposed the Constitution, but they weren't a party to it anyway. And that's not debated either. That's a fact. So we the people wasn't Americans. We the people was somebody else. <laughs> But you don't know that, which makes my job even harder because there's so many layers, this weaving, this warp and weft of the weaving of the lie into your thinking. There's no way to tell you the truth without affecting, renting the garments of your mind into pieces. But this is why you, God wanted you to form a network. So that you can weave new garments of righteousness. The wedding garments of the Lord. And it's a whole different way of thinking. It's not just accepting some ideological, you know, copybook heading. It's, it's about understanding God himself in spirit and in truth. It's not an emotional event. It's a spiritual event. Do not equate spiritual and emotion. Emotion is a physical event caused by chemistry in your body. Let's go on this refining fire. Truth is a refining fire. It is burning up that which is binding you, consuming you, consuming your mind, consuming your heart. Verse 4, then shall the offering of Judah and Jerusalem be pleasant unto the Lord, as in the days of old, and as in the former years. And I will come near to you to judgment, and I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers and against the adulterers, 
and against the false swearers and against those that oppress the hireling in his wages, the widow and the fatherless, and that turn aside the stranger from his right and fear not me, saith the Lord of hosts. Now that that verse alone could take two or three shows. Sorcerers. Who are the sorcerers? <laughs> What's the word there for sorcery? I don't have it on the page now. I'll eventually probably put it in. False swears. Who are the false swears? Does it really mean false swears or just swears at all? Uh, adulterers. Who are the adulterers? Is this about sexual adultery or national adultery? Those that oppress the hireling in his wages. You know, that would be like, you know, some, you're working for somebody for $20 an hour or $30 an hour or $50 an hour. And somebody else, before you even get paid, take out 20%, 30% of those wages. You don't get it. You, you're If you're doing that, if you're a part of a system that does that, you are oppressing the hireling in his wages. And the widow and the fatherless, you're going to be robbing the widows and the fatherless. That goes on every day. Inheritance tax, does that not rob the widows and the fatherless? Any any state that has a an inheritance tax is robbing the widows and the fatherless. Legally, but they're still doing it. That is absolutely okay with so many people. People who think they're good Catholics or good Christians... They think, oh yeah, inheritance tax is important because we take from the rich. You think the rich are losing their fortunes to inheritance tax? They got trusts and corporations. They don't, they often can get away with not paying any inheritance tax. (laughs) Go ask the Kennedys. They're really good at that. No, it's the poor people. It's, it's, it's kind of like the shutdown. They didn't shut down Costco. They didn't shut down uh, Amazon. Uh, they, they've made billions on this old deal. They just shut down the mom and pa grocery stores and restaurants. And a lot of other small businesses. How many small businesses were shut down in the airline industry? The airline was dependent on all kinds of family businesses for years and years and years as a supporting, they're all shut down. Who bought them up as they were going out of business? Who's running them now? You would be shocked at the transfer of wealth through this whole operation. But this is not new. You know, Klaus Schwab, I mean, his, the book before the, his book, The Great Reset, <laughs> was the fifth industrial revolution. He knows how to make a buck on this deal. But you guys are ignorant because of your brutish pastors and because of your blindness, because of your selfishness and your unrighteousness. You have not seen this coming. But you, if you repent, if you think differently and start doing what Christ actually told you to do, you will be given... Eyes to see and ears to hear.
you will know not only what is going on now, but what is going to be going on in the future and what to do about it when it comes because it, something wicked this way comes. You don't fear God. You are willing to take away the rights and the freedom of your neighbor, the right to choose of your neighbor because you fear COVID, because you fear the government, because you fear all kinds of things. You don't fear God. You are absolutely willing to take away from your neighbor through covetous practices. You turn a blind eye to the robbing of widows and orphans and think it's a good thing because you'll have more money in your taxes so you can have more free benefits at the expense of your neighbor. And widows and orphans are are just as included in that desire as anybody else. So you turn aside the stranger from his right and fear not me. See, that's the thing. is You're taking away the rights of your neighbor because you're not living by the perfect law of liberty. Anywhere. You're not living by the perfect law of liberty. If you want to get back to normal, you just want to get back to iniquity. Because before this all happened, you were living part of a system of covetous practices. And depending for your livelihood on the property of others. Now some people say, oh, I was getting out of the system and I was being, making myself separate. Yeah, but you're, you're just being, you're, you're not being friends with the unrighteous mammon. You're just cheating. You, you haven't joined in the ways of Christ. You've joined in the way of self-righteousness because you can see, well, they're all doing bad stuff. But you didn't start doing good stuff. You didn't sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. You didn't start caring about your neighbor as much as you cared about yourself. Oh, you may be done some nice things now and then, but are you really seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Or just seeking to get out of the unrighteousness of the mammon of unrighteousness? That's not enough. That's not preparing the way. That's not going the way. Verse 6, For I am the Lord... I change not, therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. He says, for I am the Lord and I change not. So he's the same yesterday as he is today. He wanted you to live by free will offerings in Israel. He wants you to live by free will offerings today. You don't live by free will offerings today. You live by force and fear and fealty in systems that have their central banks and their common purse of rights and you you are wallowing around in the cauldron of flesh that Micah will talk about and others as well. Well, like I said, I, I'm looking forward to Micah if we last that long. Verse 7, even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, wherein shall we return? You think you're, you know, that's wherein shall we go back to normal? <laughs> You're not going, you don't want to go back to normal. Normal was not good. Normal is what got you here. I can't emphasize that enough. You want to go back to righteousness. You want to repent and go all the way back to righteousness. You want to say, well, if we get Trump back in there, that'll save us. 
No, it will not save you. You don't want to get back to pre-Civil War America. <laughs> I mean, post-Civil War America. You want to get back to pre-Civil War America. But surely what you want to do is get back to the kingdom of God, which is a different form of government. It's a government of the people, for the people, and by the people. And those of you who have listened to me know that that was originally written in the Wycliffe Bible in the introduction That did not originate with Abraham Lincoln. That originated in the Bible because the Bible was considered the government of the people, for the people, and by the people. And the book that showed you that way. And it does. But your brutish pastors are got you under a strong delusion that all you have to do is think a thought And say, Lord, Lord, and any other magic words they come up with, and you're suddenly automatically saved. But that's not what James said. That's not what Jesus said. That's not really what Paul said. He said, those people who are workers of iniquity, get away from them. Those people that are engaged in covetous practices, don't go that way. Because it will make you merchandise and curse your children. You've done it already. You need to repent and think differently. So return unto me. You know, like earlier he said, talk about I will draw near. The word Corbin comes from the Hebrew word that means to draw near. The word Corbin means sacrifice. It's translated even treasury in the New Testament because that's where they put your sacrifices in the treasury. But if you were gathered together in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, you would not be putting your sacrifices in a treasury. You'd be putting them in the people where they would do good. It would be a constant flow of the life-giving love of Christ through a network of people who actually cared about one another as much as they cared about themselves. That's what the church is supposed to be creating and implementing and facilitating. Not a strong delusion, which is what the modern church is doing all the time now. We need to get back to Christ, which is not where we were before this. We talk about it, we give it lip service, but that's not what we've been doing. Verse 8, Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes? In offerings? He says, ye are cursed. In verse 9, ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, this whole nation. So what is this word curse? Arar. Elef resh resh. Resh. Remember what we talked about? Sar, and which is uh, Shin Resh Resh, uh, and there is a Shin Resh and Shin Resh Resh. This is how you go out of the authority of God, is you create this this covenant of men. Elif is supposed to be the relationship of God and man, the you know the yods of God and man united together. But you have taken, which is where free choice is. You freely love God. You freely follow God. God gave us choice way back in the garden. 
You can eat of this, this, and this, but don't eat of that. You had that choice. You chose to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and were cut off. You chose not to confess and admit your error, but blamed it on somebody else, and you were cut off even more. And you're finally driven away by the light of the messenger. You could not stand in the light. You had to hide because you realized that you did not have the authority to decide what was good and evil. That's already decided. You can have your opinion. But it's already decided what truth is. Reality decides what truth is. You get to either accept that truth or deny it. You denied it and so you had to flee the light. Aleph Resh Resh is the curse where you are bound away from the light because you will not return to the light and see the truth that it is not okay to covet your neighbor's goods through the exercising authority of men that you elect or appoint or whatever. You are not to live by force. The Elif Resh Resh Elif, the paradox of God and man. Resh, the process of clarification of that relationship or lack of that relationship. The double resh, like the double tov, is a double bondage away from living by faith. You not only don't live by faith in reality, you don't live by faith in your mind. So you have to have these ministers who repeat the nonsense of the modern man's gospel by twisting the words of Christ or just ignoring them altogether. I mean, how can you ignore it is not to be that way with you? But you have. You have ignored it and ignored it until it has become normal. You do not want to get back to normal. Verse 10, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Now, he's not talking about a blessing because you tithe. He's talking about a blessing that comes from heaven that will pour out on your behalf. And the storehouse, we should look at that word, the storehouse. It's not a central bank. It's the flow of blood in the life of the people. But we'll have to look at this a little bit more when we come back to Keys of the Kingdom and begin to understand the message of Malachi. So welcome back to Keys to the Kingdom. We talked uh, earlier about 1 Samuel chapter 8, which is when people decided to have a ruler who could exercise authority one over the other. They were to write a constitution down according to Deuteronomy 17:16 for that ruler and limit his power. They, God knew you might want to have a king someday, but you had to limit the power of that king, that ruler, that government. And you do that with constitutions. And uh, that's that's what they tried to do with the Constitution of the United States, but they failed miserably. They, they came up with a very interesting document, and compared to what people had before that, it was actually pretty good. 
But compared to what God said in Deuteronomy 17, you should have in your constitution, it failed miserably. It is not a biblical document. It was inspired, but not entirely by God. If it was entirely inspired by God, it would have had all five of those major precepts you were to put down in a constitution in it. Instead, it only had one. And nobody pays attention to that one anymore anyway. Because you've been under a strong delusion, not since the beginning of COVID. (laughs) You've been under a strong delusion, not since the beginning of the Social Security Act or the Federal Reserve. You've been under a strong delusion for generations. And uh, the meddling with the public education, etc., is just icing on a cake that you baked a long time ago. So, if you want to know more about those things, we have a lot of stuff that you can look at. But uh, I wanted to point out again in this verse 10, the windows of heaven. And I'm not going to go and explain what that is. Uh, but through that, you will receive blessings you do not even have room for. You don't even, you can't even imagine what those blessings are. But that is for those people who return to the ways of God, which set up a government operating by the perfect law of liberty through faith, hope, and charity. That's not what you've been doing for a hundred years in America. You have not been operating the system based on faith, open charity. You once did, but you didn't do it through government. You did it through faith, open charity, and you did it through what was at one time something resembling the church established by Jesus Christ. But you, if you look back in history, you can't even see where that is because the modern church has hidden what the early church was doing so that you can't see it. The same as they distracted you with what they wanted you to think was important and detracted from you following what Christ called the weightier matters of law, judgment, mercy, and faith. So now you've made it law that it's okay to murder your children in the womb It's law that it's okay that you take away the rights of your neighbor. It's law that it's okay that you covet your neighbor's goods. It's law today that you can rob the widows and orphans with inheritance tax. Because you haven't been attending to the weightier matters. You don't even know that. You have abandoned the righteousness of God. In America, not in the last five years, not in the last ten years, not since Roe versus Wade, but all the way back to the turn of the century by entering into the ways of unrighteousness. You built your golden calf way back in the first ten years of that century in America. So now a beast wanders about and devours who it will. And you're going to see more and more of that with the new laws they have. Like I I have insight into a lot of the new laws coming about because I know people in government and they share it with me. And they show me, look at what they're doing here. Look at what they're doing here. Like Oregon wants its own bank. That You know, should, should the church have its own bank? Would it have a bank? 
you know, when, when, uh, I'm not going to explain this now for those of you who are new, you don't understand it, but when Peter was told that the daily ministration was being neglected, he said is that he had a solution where you look out amongst yourselves and you pick men you trust. We'll appoint them over this business, but we're not going into that business. What was that business? Waiting on tables. That's what it says in the translation, waiting on tables. The same exact word for tables that you see in that text is the same exact word for bank and is translated bank in other parts of the same Bible. So was it that it's not right that we go into banking? (laughs) But they were doing something. They were setting up something so that they could attend to the daily ministration. Well, we can explain exactly what they're setting up. And we can show you such institutions exist, but you haven't sat down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands yet, so why show you anything? You're not going to get the free bread and fish of God's open window policy until you sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, because that's the way Jesus did it. But anyway, back to this devouring beast that can devour who it will. What can you do about that? Well, what happened in First Samuel 8? Because you went after those covetous practices and because you wanted to have a ruler and not do it according to the ways of Christ and God, who is the same yesterday as he is today, that he was going to take and take and take and take and even take your sons and daughters and you're going to cry out and God's not going to hear you. Why is he not going to hear you? Because you went in opposition to the ways of God. You did not do it according to the way that he said you needed to do it. And he's not being vindictive. It's built into the system. Elef, resh, resh. That's going to put you on the other side. It's just automatic. You've done it to yourself. If you repent and turn around and go the other way, then what's going to happen? He's going to open the windows of heaven and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, which is what they're planning. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field. We we started talking about the lady doctor who decided she was going to get the shots, even though months before... The head of Pfizer, former head of Pfizer, was saying, no, if you're pregnant, don't get the shot. He did this in world forums, was making a petition that no one should get the shot. That was the science from the top scientists. Did you hear about it? No, because the media suppressed that. They didn't, she didn't hear about it, nobody else, and her baby is dead. The vine cast her fruit in the field. This is their design. They don't want, they want to sew up the wombs of your daughters so they have no more children. Your laughters and cries will no more be heard in the land. But if you return to the ways of God, the windows of heaven will be open, the devourer shall be slain, if eventually, 
and uh, the destroyers of your fields and the fruits of your fields and of the ground and the destroyers of the fruit of your children and your daughters, the Lord of hosts will take care of that. There is no other way. Get Trump elected again. That ain't going to do it. Get somebody else, another candidate in this system of covetous practices. You're not going to change. It's not going to fix it. You got to repent all the way. Think differently. Verse 12. And all nations shall call you blessed for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Now, he's prophesying the future back then. That future has already taken place. But the principles that we're talking about apply still to this day because God is the same today as he was yesterday, which Malachi also tells us. Your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. And this comes from your brutish pastors who have said the absolute opposite of what Christ said was okay. And they have kept you from doing that which God said was necessary. And Christ said was necessary. Because they don't want you dividing up into tens, hundreds, and thousands. They want you in their big mega churches. Where everybody sends in thousands and thousands and tens of thousands and millions of dollars. Because they've turned their people into bread. That's right. That's how they make their bread. And all the nations shall call you blessed. Well, that ain't going to happen unless you repent. For ye shall be a delightsome land. That's a word we should look up, delightsome. But I'm not telling you now, because we're going to get through this chapter. Saith the Lord of hosts, Your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. Yet ye say, What have we spoken so much against thee? Because you can't see it. That's why you ask these stupid questions. Oh, we're we're faithful. We're good Jehovah Witnesses. We're good uh, uh, Catholics. We're good. What was it? Some archbishop just came out and said Biden has to stop saying that he's a devout Catholic. <laughs> well, I was just talking to somebody. I mean, we used to have this old saying, you know, when somebody said the absolute obvious. And they and their comeback was, well, hey, and they say, is that true? And it says, hey, is the Pope Catholic? Well, that's not obvious that the Pope is Catholic because the Pope evidently is a communist. So anyway, but this just shows you they've wreaked confusion upon you that nobody even knows what righteousness is anymore, much less living by it. So, yeah. Your brutish pastors have been speaking against Christ because they've been saying it's okay to covet your neighbor's goods to the agency of government. And if you have any need for welfare, free bread, care, whatever, don't come to church. Go to the government. Government of the world. Because the church is not a government. Yet it is defined that way even in the legal dictionary. It is one form of government. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's within your reach. But you just have to repent and seek the righteousness of it instead of the unrighteousness and self-righteousness of the world. Christians went to Christians for their benefits and received them through love by way of charity in hope. 
Modern Christians do not do that except in token moments. Verse 14, Ye have said it is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept his ordinances and that we have walked mournfully? What are they talking about? What 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 is he saying here? Walk mournfully before the Lord of hosts. And now we call the proud happy? Yea, they that walk, work wickedness are set up. That's right. The ones that are working wickedness are set up. Yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. That's who gets help. Those that t- tempt God. Those are the ones who are protected. Those who sin against God in God's way, they're the ones that are going to be protected. And so, you know, you have some six foot eight former SEAL or Navy SEAL playing with college football, or uh, excuse me, basketball, because he says he's a girl. And so he gets to play the girls. <laughs> And he's protected. Meanwhile, kids are, young girls are not only losing their scholarships and losing their advantage uh, of, you know, playing sports with other girls, they're actually getting concussions and injured right there. And people are watching it. I mean, like, it's like gladiatorial games. (laughs) I mean, it's crazy, crazy insane, but they're protected. But all this has come about. You, you want to fix it. And, well, only girls can play in girls' sport. Biological girls can play in girls. We'll fix that. You know, you want to fix it. You got to repent. And think a different way. And seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All the way back. To stop coveting your neighbor's goods to the agency of men who exercise authority and start taking care of one another through faith, hope, and charity and the perfect law of liberty the way that churches used to do in America to some degree. But you have to do it to the degree that the first century church did. And then the windows of heaven will open up unto you. Then your salvation will be on the horizon. And then the Lord will draw near you. Then the scales will come off your eyes. But you have to change this other way. You have to change to this way of Christ, this way of righteousness. Verse 16, Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him, For them that feared the Lord, that thought upon his name. What is it to think upon his name? The character of God, the character of Christ. Christ came to serve. You go to church to serve or you go to church to get a good feeling. You you don't go to church to get a good feeling. You're supposed to go to church in the name of Christ, which is to serve, to take care of one another so that no one has to go to the men who exercised authority one over the other, calling themselves benefactor and providing all these benefits and free education and free health care and free take care of your parents' day. 
You're not to be going that way. You're supposed to be coming together in the name of Christ. And if your church is not telling you that, then you have a brutish pastor who is in need of repentance. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Are you serving God by taking care of one another through faith, hope, and charity? Or are you serving the gods of the world who exercise authority one over the other and do take care of the needy from time to time through faith, hope, and charity, but right now are going about devouring who they will? They've got all the restaurants and small businesses pretty much devoured, and you couldn't do anything about it because you weren't already doing what Christ said to do 2,000 years ago, which is to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and take care of one another through faith, hope, and charity. You know that what is happening to you is bad, but what you don't know is that what is happening to you is just because you were not immersed in the ways of righteousness. Verse 18, Then shall ye return and discern between the righteous... And the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. Now, obviously, there are many people out there who serve themselves. And you say, well, you know, and and have become accustomed to living at the expense of others and depending for their livelihood on the property of others and can't wait for another stimulus check. But... That's that's one group, but he's not making a distinction between that group and the righteous. He's making a distinction between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. The ones that serveth him not are the foolish virgins who are putting up no oil, who are not taking care of one another. He's comparing them to the one who is not weaving the wedding garments with his deeds and his actions. Again, you're not saved by those deeds. It's God who opens the window and draws near and opens the door. You have to knock. You're not knocking on God's door. You're not knocking on heaven's door. (laughs) You're, You're knocking on the doors of men who exercise authority and can't wait till that next stimulus check comes in. You're not gathering together out of love for one another. Because if you don't love one another, you don't love God. If you love God, you will love one another. You will even love your enemies. Because you know that the love of God, the love that comes from God, is like hot coals. It is the refining fire that makes silver pure and gold pure. It is the righteousness of the way of God which has not changed from the beginning. And Malachi was telling you that from the beginning. And uh, all the Bible is telling you that from the beginning. You just need to repent and be willing to see it. In order to see it, you have to see that you haven't been doing it according to the ways of God. You've been doing it according to the ways of Cain, according to the ways of Nimrod, according to the ways of Pharaoh. That's why you're back in the bondage of Pharaoh. 
where you're oppressing the person who's hired, where you're robbing widows and orphans, where whether you're making agreements with, you know, the harlot and uh, the daughters of the harlot. And you go there and you, you tie to them so they, they can build big buildings and live in ivory towers of delusion. You need to repent. You need to turn around. You need to go the other way. And if your pastors will not repent, you need to pick new pastors, which is what you do when you sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. We talk talk about them being pastors and shepherds. Oh, there's so many lessons you can learn at being a shepherd. And one one thing that, <laughs> that uh, sheep bring out of you is that you're not as patient as you think you are. You do not have the patience of saints. <laughs> but the fact is, is that God will not strive with you forever. You need to start doing what God said. People want to have fellowship with others in their neighbor of uh, neighborhood of like mind. You don't want to you want that like mind to be the mind of Christ. Then you're not gathering together just for fellowship or what you can get or the emotional feeling and support that you can get with a group. You want to be seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness and you have to be willing to see the truth that you have not been doing that or you would not be in the present situation that the world is now in. You would not have been fooled. But the fool (laughs) is not a lover of wife's counsel. So anyway, we're going to start with Malachi 4. Probably next week. I don't know what else we'll do in between. But if you go and join us on the network at preparingyou.com. And then, you know, like we had somebody from Canada who wrote and wanted to know other people in this area. Actually, I probably have relatives in this area. I couldn't pin down exactly where he was. There have been a couple of people speak up on the Canada. Everybody on the Canada group should get each other's phone number and start talking about these things. You know, there's... Don't bring your own theologies. Try to find out what the theology of Jesus was. Don't don't try to get other people to conform to your preconceived notions. Our preconceived notions have been contaminated with all kinds of ideas from the very beginning for a, for a hundred years. We have to be like little children, starting anew. Look at all things anew. Try to see what actually Christ is talking about and and many of the people that will gather whether you're in Canada or South Africa or wherever you're at or America or Tennessee or Texas or whatever nation you're in (laughs) those that gather will come with all kinds of ideas be patient but uh, you don't have to be totally tolerant when you get on these calls don't preoccupy let's let others speak too. Let others reveal their heart. Uh, the more and more people we gather in this, the more and more people that gather together, then we can start creating those lively congregations on local areas. But you have to start somewhere. So, see you there on the network. Until then, peace upon your house and may God be with you. Also, God bless.
You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. Thank you.